All right, lads. Welcome back to me podcast, Cheaper Than Therapy. Mick Thomas here. Uh, thanks for tuning in, liking, subscribing, sharing, uh, commenting. I appreciate all the support and the uh, the numbers on the Mick Thomas train keep going up. And you are a huge part of that. I hope you're all well in quarantine, keeping your family and friends uh, at a safe distance. And uh, speaking of friends and a safe distance, right now joining me is my long-term buddy and comedy buddy, very funny comedian, actor, uh, one of my best friends, Chris Roach, everybody. All right, mate, how are you? Hey, what's going on, Mick? <laughs> Good to have you, man. We haven't spoken in a while. That's the nicest thing you ever right? said about me. I'll edit that out later, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like this piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, I like I haven't talked to you like a week or two. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a while, man. Yeah. You know, I was, someone asked me the other day, when was my last gig? Uh, and I think oh. it was when you and I were down in Philly. Was it Philly? We did that Jewish temple. Yeah. Wow. What was that? It was before Easter. Remember, there's a lot of chocolate around. So obviously it was, it was, remember oh, yes. it was like, uh, I think it was definitely March. I can't remember, man. Cause I was just back from Ireland and, uh, Right. Yeah, but we did that that Jewish temple. That was a lot of fun. That oh, was a yes. lot of fun. Oh yes, temples could be you know temples could be fun. It's a very smart audience, and they they like comedy. And isn't it weird too that it, it, around like Jewish people in a temple, they usually not all the time, but they usually don't mind bad language. They don't. They want you to let loose. They like. But you couldn't comedy. do that in a Catholic. Like if they had a comedy in a Catholic church, you couldn't say fuck shit, no. arse. No, I've done comedies, uh, uh, comedy shows, and, and one time I did one uh, on the North Shore of Long Island, and the priest was literally, literally sitting up front. And man, talk about pressure! Like I, I was, I was so mindful of every word I was saying. When you go to a temple, they're like, "No, nah, let loose." Yeah, let it's loose. crazy, man. I've done shows in front of the priest before, but they weren't. It wasn't a religious event. They were just there. And I did one right. gig in front of this guy, and he's still a good friend of mine in Patchogue now, Father Father Patrick Wayne. Uh, and he still texts me, like, hey, man, why are you going to go for a drink? And, like, he just wants to go drinking with me, and, like, he's just the fucking funniest guy. He's just, like, this old priest, wow. and he's uh, he's a cool guy to hang out with. But, like I said, the, the Jewish temples were always, like, kind of, like, you know what I found about the Jewish temples, too? It always depended on the order and when you went up. That's important too. Uh, I've had like, let's say I must have done over a hundred temples, and the only one bad show I had was on uh, their holidays called Purim. I don't know that one. Yeah, uh, in the Book of Esther in the Old Testament, there was like a guy, Haman. Haman. He was trying to kill the Jews, and he ended up it ended up blowing up in his face. So they do this thing where they. They go down. They read from the Book of Esther, and every time they mention his name, they they hit like uh like party. party. <laughs> That's fucking cool. That's a cool tradition. Can you imagine if we did that? Like you're Catholic, right? You were raised Catholic. I'm sorry. Somebody was calling me. Did you hear what I said? No, no. What did you say? Oh, because oh, all of a sudden I couldn't I couldn't hear anymore when somebody was trying to call me. So cut that. Oh, cut that little clip out. No, but. That's fine. So, but you you were raised Catholic, right? Yes. Yeah, like me. So imagine we had that. Like, uh, anytime anyone mentioned Judas's name, you just set off a whoopee cushion. Right. Right. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Judas. Right. 
Or wah 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 wah. And then Judas, yeah, <laughs> Judas comes walking in with this. <laughs> wah 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 wah. Way to go. You know what? I, I, I think his biggest punishment was, and I was talking to my daughter about this the other day. I think Judas's biggest punishment was because Jesus forgave him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Jesus go, we're all right, mate. We're good. Forget about it. Don't worry. Don't you worry about it. We're fine. We're yeah, fine. Right. You, you rat bastard. Um, because G- Judas was a huge part because if Jesus didn't, like Jesus wanted to die for our sins. So if Judas didn't rat him out, then he wouldn't have died for our sins. You know what I mean? Probably well, got hit. He was part- Maybe Jesus <laughs> he would have got hit by a chariot crossing the street or something. He, he was, yeah, he was part of the, uh, he was part of the plan the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was but I- integral. He was an integral part of the story. Yeah, man, he really was, and 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 even though Jesus forgave him, I always think that like the biggest punishment. He's like, you know what, Judas? From now on, no one will ever, ever take your name. If you, if you even, I know he hung himself, but if right. you decide to go off and have a kid and you have a son, like you won't even get to call him Judas Junior. Like, there's no other Judases. Right. Think about think about the worst names to be called in history. There's Judas. There is uh, Benedict. Benedict. Benedict Arnold. Yeah, and then uh, from Shakespeare, who is it? Uh, Brutus. Who stepped Julius? Brutus. Who stepped Ju- Brutus? Julius was Caesar. the. I think it was was it Bru- Brutus was uh, the guy from Popeye. Oh, that guy. No, that's Brutus. Oh, you might be thinking of Barabbas. Barabbas is from the old te- from the New Testament. No, wasn't but... no Barabbas is when they went to. I I'm so sorry, guys, from the religion, but it's just. Uh, but Barabbas was remember when the 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 Romans were going to let one a prisoner go. Yeah, they let Barabbas. like out on good behavior. So like we let Barabbas go, we let Jesus go, and then like like yeah, Barabbas. Um... Yeah, fucking politics. But who was the guy that stabbed uh, Julius Caesar? I don't. A bunch of people stabbed Julius Julius Caesar. Don't I they? thought that was Brutus, and then. Uh, your Popeye is the bad guy. Bluto. Bluto. Yeah, there's uh, never Officer Bluto. We're gonna need some fact checking. Yeah, we're gonna have to do that. And also, uh, I mean, I was gonna say Hitler, but that was a last name, right? That was a surname. Oh, Hitler. Yeah. Oh my God. That was a last name. I think everybody kind of may have got rid of that name. Yeah. You know what? Fuck it. If anyone asks for no one, we are the Smiths. <laughs> we are the Smiths. It is Hitler. <laughs> Hitler. The postman, hello, I have a telegraph here for Jonathan Hitler. No, no, we are, we are the Smiths. What are you talking about? Get Smith. out of here. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is bad joke. Uh, so, man, how are you uh, How are you holding up with all this? You know, I mean, I'm doing all right. Um, I, I've been trying to focus on doing some writing. And the only thing is, like, you know, I, I got to get out and start doing some walking or something because I, I'm just... I feel like I've just been homebound. Today we drove to my sister's. We did one of those birthday caravans that you see everybody doing. We oh, drove by fuck, really? I know. She loved it, though. made her happy. But, I mean, other than that, it's it's like, and food shopping, other than that, like, when do you really go out? Yeah, I've been out, like, I've been out a lot because I, I, I work out outside my house. Like, I run, like, yesterday or the other day, I ran for seven miles. And Jeez, not because sorry. I'm determined, like, I'm going to run seven. She's like, fuck it. I'm out now. Let me just keep going while I can. Like, I was like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, normally I would have a goal of where I'm going to run. I'm like, all right, seven, or if it's a treadmill, I let me run the tra- I don't own a treadmill, but at the gym. Let me go for 30 minutes. I don't care what distance that is. I'm doing 30 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever my goal is. Now it's like, I'm out. Fuck it. Let me just keep going. You know? Right. So I'm out like that. But I do go to Walmart a lot more than I've ever done. 
Just really? yeah, I'm like oh, I gotta go. To, I gotta go get something. Just whatever the fuck it is. Just let me get the fuck out of the house. Are you wearing a, a mask and protection? When you're I wearing? am now. Up, up up until about a week ago, I started wearing a mask and gloves because I heard this doctor was right. like, guys, just wear a gla- gla- mask and gloves. You'll be fine. That's it because it can be spread from people coughing or sneezing around you, or it can be spread just by touching shit where it has the coronavirus. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just pair of gloves it in. And in my car, I have a thing of Purell. And the second I get in my car after being anywhere, like grocery shopping, I just blob it into my hand and give it a rub, you know? And it's like, I think think we're going to be fine, you know? But you you have asthma though, right? Yeah, so I got to be careful with the asthma too. And, you know, um, then there's like my wife and I still are not 100% sure that we didn't already have it back in like the end of uh, February. Um, like my symptoms, I thought were closer to the flu, but my wife's were very close to uh, the coronavirus. Really? I had, to, I had to take her to the emergency room. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I remember you I saying think, that. Actually, I think it was like March 3rd. I took, we took the, cause she couldn't get, she couldn't stop coughing uh, enough to even get errands. So she got scared. So we took her to the ER and uh, they, they did it. They didn't even test us for the flu. The guy's like, ah, you got the flu. I was like, all right, don't, you know, so, but now, you know, you know now there's something to test people for antibodies and we're hoping to get that test to see if, you know, I guess if, if you had the virus and you beat it, now you have like a golden pass to go anywhere you want. Do you, do they charge, do they pay you for that? Or is it like your civic duty? Um, no, they're, they're, they're they're taking, uh, I guess you would say, more of a civic duty. Yeah, they have people. Uh, I think they started it in Michigan. Like Michigan's like the guinea pig of this whole antibody testing thing. They're um, bringing people in that had it or thought they had it at least, testing them for the antibody. Um, but that's the thing: are they going to bring us in? Just be, are they going to bring people in just because they had it, or people that think they may have had it? I don't know. Yeah, it's weird, man, because like, I think if you have it, they're not going to leave you alone. Because I remember, like, I gave blood at my daughter's school over a year ago, and those motherfuckers, man, don't stop calling for my blood. I don't even have a rare blood type. They just fucking call me for my blood constantly. Oh, man. You know what well, I mean? Every- and I'm yes. just like, I'm just saying to him, like, nah, you came to the stage where I started to lie to them. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I just got a tattoo. And they go, all right, because you're not allowed in the state of New York. You're not, allowed to give a ta- uh, you're not allowed to give blood six months after. I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll take you off the list. A week later, I'll go by. Hey, are you in blood? And I'm driving. I go, I go, listen, I had a weekend with some very questionable people. And we had a lot of, we did a lot of stuff with needles. And I swear <laughs> to God, and, I'm, and my daughter's looking at me in the car. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll take you off the list like forever. Because I wouldn't fucking want blood off me after what I did. And right. they're just like, yeah, we'll t-. and I still get the calls. But if you have the right. fucking, if you have the antibodies for, for this shit, man, they're going to they're gonna hunt you down. Mick, I'm telling you, it was like 10 years ago. I'm walking in the city after an audition. And you always see those people with the clipboards, right? Yeah, so this, yeah. Young, young lady approaches me. I, I got a little time on my hand. She seemed nice. So I start talking to her. And she wants to know if I want to sign a petition uh, to have um, gay marriage approved in New York State. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll join your uh, petition. So I signed, <laughs> I, signed, I signed that petition that day. It was like the human, the HRC, Human Rights Coalition, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And they have been, it's been 10 years now, and I have been getting, I'm trying to think of the right word to put it, but uh, attacked with, with emails. And they do those sneaky, those sneaky emails, like, 
the subject we'll read regarding our, our last conversation. I'm like, oh, who was I talking to? And I, I open it and says, please donate money to the HRC. I'm like, oh, God. And one time I, I they're sending it like different from different uh, names and they're being very clever and creative. And one time I wrote back, so do me a favor. Can you just uh, maybe take, take me off the email list? And they made me feel like uh, I was a horrible person. Like, oh, you don't support the gay rights. But I'm like, no, I didn't say that. Just the, your campaign is very, very aggressive. Yeah, there's a lot of people like it's there's a lot of people like that. I remember when I was going down, I was flying into Florida and I was at Long Island MacArthur and I was just walking in and the woman there was just very pushy. Like she was like my mother. She was an older woman, and then I was like, I, just, I can't remember what I bought. So I'm like, I think I bought a Red Bull because it was early in the morning, and I bought maybe peanuts, you know, just like a healthy snack. And she's like, do you, would you like a blanket for the flight? I'm like, no, no, do you want a pillow? Do you get a magazine? I'm like, fucking, ma, yeah. shut up. Like, and she, but then she goes to me, she goes, she goes, would you like to support the troops? I mean, of course yeah. I support the troops. Like, what do you mean would I like right. to support the troops? I goes, I, right. and she goes, well, you know, help you send the money. And I was like, don't my taxes pay for the troops? Right, is that supporting like, the troops? Don't I help enough? Like, and then it's like you say no, and it's not that I don't support the troops because, man, you and I have done more gigs for free, oh. right? Yeah, for free, yes. and we ne- we never talk about this publicly. We ne- you never hear no. comics come forward and go, I I worked for this charity, I did a show for this charity for free. We have we do an, an average before all this shit went down, right? You you would agree two shows a week for charity for free. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And we never fucking... Oh, gladly. Absolutely gladly. And we never fucking... Like, and then you go to, like, to... to, Like, all my album sales go to St. Jude's Hospital. And then you go to, like, a a CVS or a Walgreens, and they're like, do you want to donate a dollar to St. Jude's? And you go, no. And they go, ugh. And they look at you like you're a piece of shit. Right. And I have no idea how much work you've done for that charity. Yeah, I'm like, but I don't want to sit there and go, oh, you know what? All my album sales... I don't want to be that asshole. Just Google me. Get my album, right. $10. Like, it's like, fuck you, man. It's like, but these blood people now, whenever I see an accident, I'm like, I'm on the side of the road, like a car flipped over. And you know what? I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to get a call now. Ah, I'm going to get a call tomorrow. <laughs> you must have good blood. I don't. Very normal, normal fucking nothing. No rare blood type. Just average, everyday, shitty mud blood like everybody else. Mud blood. I thought about, you know, I thought about giving blood. Here's, you know, so, uh, the other day I was actually feeling like, man, I feel like almost I should be doing something other than sitting home. Right. Uh, uh, but what, what am I going to do? You know, I did a, uh, I did one of those comedy shows. Uh, it was like there was like 30 comics and it was to raise money to, to buy masks. I saw that. Were you doing stand up or just an interview? No, they wanted me. He asked me, the guy who ran it asked me to, if you could stand up maybe in the corner somewhere and, if you have a microphone, I'm like, I'm not doing that. Can I just sit down and have a conversation? And, and you know, in stand-up comedy, we call that paneling, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, like Johnny Carson used to do when he brought comedians on. It's like he is pretty much fishing their material out, giving them leading questions. Un- unlike that guy who, uh, Byron Allen, it's, it's it's painful. You ever watch that show with Byron uh, Allen? Oh, yeah, Comics yeah, Unleashed? Comics Unleashed. But even Unleashed. then, man, there's, a, there's an oh. audience. You know what I mean? There's like a laughter. There's... there's there's energy yeah. coming back you know and i think which comedy club that i see is doing a show now um tonight i think or it's probably over by now i want to say the seller are doing a show tonight like where they just have cameras going and just like you know it goes to the i, I don't know if that and if it works i could see maybe I don't, some you know what 
maybe if you're a high energy comic, I don't know. I, I, I just don't see it. Like, I know they did this, um, uh, a couple of comedians like Ray Romano, a couple of big, bigger name comedians. They did this fundraiser to raise money for some comedians that were out of work. And they, uh, they, they pretty much just sat down at their desk or stood in their kitchen and, and did like a monologue or, or, or just were conversational. I think to stand up and try to do your act is, is awkward. It's fake too, man. It's not, it's not believable. It is, yeah, there is something. Yeah. You know, the only person I've seen do it well uh, was Joy Cole. And I said this, I said this on, and, and even then, like when I heard he was doing it, I kind of went, ugh, Joy, come on, man. But then when but I he's... watched him do it, I'm like, he was, he actually pulled it off. You know what I mean? He's... You know, because when he's on stage, he is so much energy where they're laughing nonstop uh, and he doesn't stop. Yeah, he plows. So they're like, you and I might do a bit and then we'd have to go in our head, pause for laughter. One, two, three. Next tagline. One, right. two, three. Change the topic. You know what I mean? Like, I just think yeah. it'd be hard. So like, if you were to say, go do half an hour set, I would probably do an hour and a half material in a half hour. Because I'm just right. I'm just talking. Now people at home, you, they they could be laughing, and, and and you're 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 kind of not giving giving them a chance to finish laughing. You don't know. Yeah, it's it's until I I, I maybe like I, I can see someone like uh, the comic strip doing it. You know, if it yeah. works for the seller, I'll I'll do it. If it's just like fuck it, I'll go in and maybe I want to advertise it, promote it, or whatever. But just to see how it goes, because I was saying the other day to someone like I'm I'm starting to forget my bits. Isn't that scary? Good thing I, I I audio record every set. And there are times when I've had like 10 days off between sets. I'll be driving to the gig and playing the audio from my last show just to like get myself back in the zone. Yeah, man. I, I, I'm worried about forgetting my bits. And that's, oh. that's actually a recurring dream of mine where I go on stage and I just I, I, when I go to talk, nothing comes out. That's. I think that's a most every comedian's nightmare. I know what happened to Joey Cole. He he has some kind of, uh, I forgot what he calls some kind of like a te- it's like they call it like this temporary amnesia where he couldn't remember any of his bits. It's, and he said he was standing up there like terrified. Jesus, like you know. Uh. But you know what's funny though? I did a show uh, around the start when there was talks of this lockdown, and I did a show for Mike Calcagno, Long Island comedian. And he said, I'm doing it, running an open mic. Can you come down? I go, Mike, I, 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 I'm not above open mics. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm free. Let me come down. So it was only in front of his family members in this bar. And I said, fuck. Like, but let me, but I went, oh. I did a bit that I hadn't done in, I'd say, eight years. And I was able to just, like, this muscle memory kicked in. So maybe, maybe when I start doing it again, it'll just start to flow out again. You know what I mean? I'm hoping. I'm hoping the way I visualize it, I'm going to go up there and just be honest and be like, listen, I haven't been on stage in a few months. Uh, yeah, but everybody's doing... going to be in the same boat. Yeah, I think so. Like 16 years I've been doing it and I, and it hasn't been more than 10 days that I've gone without getting on stage. So it's going to be, uh, it'll be interesting to say the least. Yeah. Do you, do you, um, do, do you now, cause like you're also uh, an actor You've 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 a nice uh, you've a very very nice resume. You've worked with Al Pacino. You've done scenes with Pacino. You've been you know you've been a regular on on uh, on a on a world that's international sitcom. Is that what they call it? International. Sure. Right. Well, you know. Kevin. Yeah. On Kevin Conway, and uh, you know you you do a lot of acting. So has 
all auditions stopped totally? You know, what's interesting about that is right the first two weeks of March, when things started slowing down, they started asking for uh, self-submissions. I saw that. I got, which, e- I know, got emails from, you know, from companies too. Yeah. So I was, I, I, I was able to self-submit, but still it, if, if it went well, I'm, I'm I don't know if I would have heard by now. It's, it just seems like things are like shut down in Hollywood right now, but I did get um, an email from my agent the other day and the show NCIS just wants to, they want everybody to pick a scene or, or pick, pick sides from a, they, you know, the script, they call them sides, which is pretty much is just a scene from the episode. Right. Pick pick sides from one of their episodes and, and uh, put yourself on tape. It's not really an audition, but it's a way of the casting director for NCIS to see who's out there. Kind of like when you and I got called into uh, where did we get called in NBC that time was CBS. I can't. Where the hell did we get called in that time? Oh, uh, CBS. CBS, right? Yeah, yeah. Met with uh, was it Catherine Eggman? I think we met with. Uh, we met with. I met with Vinny. Oh, I can't remember his name. Right, all the like names two. and then oh, Amy something from yes, head of direct, Amy, head yes. of casting and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh yes, Amy, she was so nice. Yeah, very very nice lady. Um, but yeah, it, it's but that I think that's a better way to do it, man. Because I've never understood, and I've been on a few auditions, and it's acting as as much as I I kind of like it, and and, and I enjoy the things that I have done in it. Um, right. Stand up is my my number one love, but like I never got where they could call you the day before, come on in and read for this, and you walk in, you get one shot, and you go. And I always thought like for what's happening, exactly how you explain it for NCIS, is that what you said? Yeah. So why like why wouldn't you want the best performance from a guy? So here's a here's here's a week notice. Take your time, read this, see what you want. If you want to go to an acting coach, you know whatever, try different options and see what works for you, as opposed to less than twenty four hours notice, show up and do it and go. Like you're not getting the best out of somebody. No, I, I agree with you with that, and I think that's a lot of times with guest star roles. The only time I ever saw it different was pilot season when they're bringing you in for a series regular. Right. They, they may send you all the sides and the script. They'll send it to you like on a Wednesday and tell you to come in on the following Tuesday. That I like because you get time to okay. work with, like you said, like like you get time to work with an acting coach. But for the most part, it's exactly like you said. And one of the toughest parts, they, any acting class, any audition you take, any audition class you take, they always say after the audition's over, just say goodbye and leave. But meanwhile, you, you you want some kind of validation, yeah, some kind of feedback. Like, okay, now I need. Oh, oh, I need to work on this area. Okay, okay. I don't know. It's uh, they don't even give you feedback, right? It's just like once you're done, you don't even hear back from them. No, and then eat with with pilot season. What's interesting is there was a few times I this last pilot season, a couple auditions I went on, and you got the feeling that they knew who they wanted for the role already, but they were just going through the motions. Yeah. They were bringing people in. They bring people in just in case uh, the person they want gets another gig or something, you know, in, in the contract negotiation falls through. And I even asked a casting director, a friend of mine, and they said it was pretty much that was the case. They'll, they'll still bring you in, but you get this feeling from the people in the casting room that's like, all right, all right. I'm like, do you want me to do it again? No, that's all right. Yeah, man, it, it, it really is an awful part of the business. Like, it really is, like, it's 
It, and I, I have a comedic friend of mine. You know him too, and I don't. Wanna, I don't want to mention names. Uh, I'll tell you off the air if you ask me. If you remind me, he said he got invited to a, a house in the Hamptons and a party, a summer house. You know, it was like a summer party, and it was all these casting directors and stuff. And all they were doing was they were sitting there going through auditions and just laughing their asses off of people who didn't get parts. You know what right. I mean? And and right. my friend, our friend, the comedian, just went. He almost went like, you know, fuck you, man. That's someone out there putting their putting it all on the line, like for chasing a dream, and you're fucking sitting there because, you know, our business, man, comedy and acting. You know, and I could be shooting myself in the foot by saying this, but it's judged. We're judged by people who can't do what we do. It's it's the truth. It's the truth. And they they always say, like, as an actor, if you ever get the opportunity, and I did it once, where you could be the reader at an audition. So basically, you're sitting with the casting director and you're reading the other side of the script while actor after actor come into the room and they try out for the part. And I felt myself. Like, like getting nervous for each person. Like each person came in, I wanted them to kill it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I, cause that's because you have I, a soul, I, man. You know, you have a yes. good person. And she's, but like when I heard that, I was like, oh, fuck you, you, you slime ball, you. Like, yeah. You, you know what I mean? And then, and then like when you, when you see, like even with stand up, man, you see all these young comics following established comics and liking all their posts that are not even that funny, but just because like, Hey, Hey, I, I, I'm liking you. Look, see, can I, like, I, I know another comic and, and, and you know him too. And he books certain shows and he told, yeah. he, he would tell you, man, he's like, man, all I do is like, I get someone who might like my post and 45 seconds later, I'll get an, I get a message right behind it. Going, Hey man, any chance I could do your gig? It's like, it's fucking, it's, it's slimy, man. And I just, you know, I, I don't get involved in it. And that's why I have a manager. And uh, my manager looks at after all that shit. And I just focus on the stand up. I don't, I just don't want to be around anything grimy like that because it, it just turns you off, you know?